the why question, there's two aspects of it. The one is, is what we covered earlier, but the second part is why never brings healing. And I think that's a big, that's, that's a stumbling block for people is, uh, they get stuck with the why and just, they just wallow in it and they sink into depression and look inward when the only healing we can have is looking at outward questions, looking at what's next. And I think what's next is that we share our stories. What's next is how can, okay, I went through this horrible thing, whether it was abuse, whether it was um, sickness, illness, loss, whatever the thing is that is hard for us. When rather than asking why we ask what's next. And it's like, what's next is how do I process this? How do I live with this? How do I, understand this better and then how do I share that how do I start to open up and be able to say hey I went through this time and it doesn't have to be on a podcast or a stage it could be with a coworker or a friend yeah. and we're amazed at when we start to share our stories that make us feel broken or alone or separated that we actually realize we're part of something bigger yeah. that all of us are broken that all of us are alone that you know, you share a story of abuse and you realize the person you're talking to might have been abused and never spoken about it. And now you sharing it gives them a place to share it. And you guys connect on this deeper level. And and then it's funny because you let go of the why question and you start asking what's next. And then you start seeing your journey and your pain and your suffering, the things you've gone through, start to have value and help others on their journey. And it's almost like then you get a why. It's like you let go of it, but you almost get that because you start to get healing and meaning in your pain that it wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I've shared the story too about how Emily and I couldn't have kids. And, you know, we we went through that process of asking why or why not, you know, why can't we? And, and, um, you know, it's okay to ask the question why mm-hmm. um, we're all going to do it, but don't get stuck on why. You know, why yeah. I think is the thing that helped me cultivate the right heart to take to the Lord. But initially I just went to God with why, with why, you know, why are you not allowing this? Everyone else around us getting pregnant, but why, why can't we? And so right, that process was years. It was like four yeah. years. We And it, and it's hard. And again, though, if God came down and was like, Kevin, this is why you can't have kids. You're still in the same position. Still like, why, kids, yeah. why doesn't bring healing? So even if we get our answer, it's like, okay. That's why. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> it's still the next yeah. question. Yeah, and and who knows so why? Because I, I mean, I saw yeah. every specialist in the country, but you know, the as you fast forward in your life, which in hindsight we don't know what the future holds. So I didn't know what the future held for, for our family, but we have Noah now. Noah's eight years old, and you know that came through a, a process as well of adoption, and mm-hmm. you know, we're just we're just blessed to have him, and he's he's a huge. I mean, he's a massive part of our family. I mean, he's my son, yeah. and and Emily's son. So sometimes it's uh, the why that leads us to the Lord. And then I think the Holy Spirit prompts us and allows us to kind of soften that and to get a posture that's like, God, I'm not really sure why now. And I'm not really sure why, but I know I'm up. ready for what whatever you have in store for me. Yeah. And for you guys, that was Noah. Yeah. You and know, I think for us, it was the peace as well. Before we knew what adoption was going to look like, we had a piece of, of not being able to have kids. And mm-hmm. kind of wrestling with that. And I think people sometimes have to wrestle with coming to grips with someone who's passed away that they've loved. And, and instead of saying, why did you not, God, save this person? Or why did you not heal them? Um, we go and start with that. But then at the, at the end, we kind of say, well, you know, the truth is uh, we're all going to die. 
but there's something bigger here that God would love to do, and that would be to save us eternally and to give us hope. Yeah, and, and, so, and if we have that assurance, it's like to save us eternally, then it's not, we don't have to mourn like the world that we can say, man, yeah. I, I miss that person. That It's not to take away from how much you miss spending time with them, but you are excited to see them again. Yeah. And and yeah. that's huge. Yeah, huge. When I wrote the original, like, like outline of this the series it was really a passion of mine to take the gospel story and mirror that with the film and so when you look through it it really walks you through creation fall redemption renewal uh, which is the story arc of the gospel so the film is first week is the film the second week it's seeing beyond your walls so it's realizing hey maybe you have some walls built up you're not quite ready to even see your story or god's but then after you tear down the walls, you you literally just go through seeing the goodness of God in your story, session three, uh, feeling your scars, which is mm-hmm. the fall of man, and then finding healing and meaning in your scars, which is Christ's redemption for our lives. And so you know, after that's committed to being stretched, which is our commitment to the Lord. And so uh, I love that the film and your story, because all of our stories mirror the gospel, it's pretty easy just to say, all right, this was your story. Let's just figure out a way that this this matches what the gospel is like. And the, here's the reality. All of us have been created by God and ruined by sin and redeemed by the Son, if you know Jesus. So if you get in there and you mm-hmm. discover your story, that's what you're going to see. And if yeah. you don't get excited about that, you're like, you, <laughs> you just need to, I don't Yeah, know. we start seeing the gospel in all parts of our lives. Yeah. And I think that's what's cool is, you know, if you look at any of our lives from a 30,000-foot view, I kind of look at it as the more zoomed out we get, the more connected we feel and realize that we are, that what seems like a unique experience that was only to us, we start realizing, okay, well, not everybody's been electrocuted, but everyone's experienced pain. And what is God doing in that pain? And then we start to realize like, hey, I have a story. We all have a story. And if we zoom out enough, we all have the same story that God is telling his story of love and redemption in and through all of our lives all the time. But are, have we learned to look for it? Yeah. Like, give an example of like, what would you say, Kevin, uh, your story arc in like a single moment? Like maybe you at eight years old, you know, trying cigarettes. Like, what is the story you've, you've shared with me before that you tried cigarettes as a child? And so what's the connected story to the gospel in that? Well, I mean, I think a there's probably a lot of different connections, but I would look at it and just say I wanted to fit in. <clears throat> you know, I wanted to try something cool. I had, I had friends. We grew up in a country town, so a lot of redneck friends got cigarettes stolen from the store, and uh, I, you know, I didn't. So I, you know, found this one, and and when I tried it, I think I was just wanting to know what it was like. And at the core, I was trying to fit in. I wanted to belong, and so if you trace that back, that is that core sense of wanting to belong comes from God. That comes from the Lord, yeah, he right? He created he's, us to belong. He he's created, created us. Community us. Yes. And he created us to have fellowship with each other and with him, not to be isolated and alone. So that yeah. creation aspect was, I want to fit in. I want to be a part of something. Yeah. And that part of something was the cool kids. Yeah. And of course, I would get made fun of if you didn't want to do it, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just, just get picked on or um, you just felt like you weren't a part of the cool club and... Mm-hmm. Um, so that, creation, that right the fall in there the fall. is obviously... So what you end up feeling in the fall is the shame. Yeah. And uh, I end up feeling a sense of I'm not as good or I don't, I'm don't i not as valuable as them. And so in order to do that, I uh, well, A, I start to feel the death, right? So sin leads to death. And so 
I felt dead. You know, on the outside, I was alive when I was playing certain sports, when I was around. But there were these moments where, you know, I would get made fun of. Oh, you don't do that. You're like, oh, you're the good boy. You're the preacher boy. And they didn't realize how much that would hurt because it hit me at my core of who God's created me to be. And, and all of us long to belong and have community. And so I felt dead. And that's what sin ultimately um, causes here on earth, right? We always talk about when you die, sin means that you're going to spend eternal death, you know, not in heaven. And, uh, but we never really think about the fact that we're still alive on earth, but we were dead spiritually and emotionally mm -hmm. mentally. And so that's what it was like. That's the fall. And I felt my scars at eight years old, even in that little scenario. Um, but what most of the time happens is we want to, we want a savior. We want redemption. And so we will choose it on our own oftentimes. So I would fight against them or I would get angry at them and I would be offensive or I would harbor this bitterness and unforgiveness towards them. And, and, um, or I may even just try it, right. Just want to do it. And I would, you know, potentially go down a bad path in my life. But, uh, either way I would, I'm looking for salvation, but I, mm -hmm. I go about it in an imperfect way. And so that's when you start to realize that God has got a way, there's no way to kill sin. Um, and so, those relationships would get wounded and separated. And that's what sin does is it destroys things, um, destroys our relationship with God vertically and every relationship horizontally. It's kind of just cataclysmic effect. And, um, but Jesus comes in and restores us. And, um, at eight years old, I probably didn't get that restoration mm. that I needed, but, uh, I do know that, you know, my parents did their best to be the hands and feet of Jesus and the voice of God in my life to, to teach me that he loves me, teach me that uh, Jesus has died on the cross for my sins. And so, but as you get older, you realize you need that truth at your core because belonging, the struggle to belong doesn't stop when we're eight. It's an ongoing thing throughout our lives. Um, the jobs we have, the cars we drive, mm -hmm. the clothes we wear, the phone we have like everything is a comparison right everything's kind of a belonging to your tribe apple android yeah and so this is just kind of like god gives us a way that we can break out of this world and break out of the system where we're not um we're not defined by those things or those like our job we're not defined by our job we're not defined by how much money we have our value comes from knowing god and yeah that's it absolutely and then so then when we look at our stories that for one, like you said, we have that creation arc. We have that, you know, created by God, ruined by sin, saved by Jesus. We have that in points. That was a great example of how one little point in your life as an eight-year-old boy, what that looks like to discover your story in that. And there's thousands of those. Yeah. We can find that story in every single day, in every part of our life, in every stage of our life, bigger themes that were like, oh, this was a theme in college or this was a theme at this point in my life. And then single situations where you're like, why did I do that? Well, where's the gospel in that? Do you know how to find the gospel? In yeah. That? Um, yeah. And it's so cool to have this resource that people can yeah, spend time, not only do it, but you can do it with someone else. So you're going to be discovering your own, but you're going to be sharing and listening and hearing other people's stories. And that, that builds true authentic community that honestly the church has struggled to, uh, to know how to create because most of our Bible studies and small groups have been built around studying the Bible, which is huge and important in our in a Christian faith, but um, I think story is a catalyst for discipleship, and this yeah. resource is going to be uh, a great opportunity for people to experience true, real transformation and build community. Yeah, so I hope everybody goes through it. I hope people dive into it. I hope they, I hope they commit to it because yeah, 
they will. This is something. Well, this is something like because I've been a part of small groups where I'm like, oh, it's a lot of work. They want me to do this homework, and you do it right before, and it's like, yeah. I would encourage you if you go through it. If you miss a day of journaling, don't wake up and say, I'm gonna do five journals today to catch up because it's Tuesday and our group meets tomorrow. Just show up at group and say, hey, I didn't journal this week, but don't skip them. Yeah. Just be a week behind in your journals and yeah. start journaling. And when you do your last session, you'll just have five more journals that you'll do the following week. But take time to just do it. Sit down. It's a system. Do one a day and take your time and go through. And the other thing you could do is if you get behind, you know, you got seven days in the week and you got five journals a week. So, yeah. you know, just if you're behind six entries over the next three weeks, you're doing two extra, two extra if you just do it every day. So, um, yeah, go through the journals, go through the workbooks, go through the questions. And at the end, you're going to know your story. You are gonna know the gospel in your story. You're going to yeah. know the value in your story. You're going to understand people's story around you better. You're also going to understand how to draw out that story better. It's like people are amazing, but we don't know how to interact with each other Yeah, that we've built, especially here in America. We've built the, these walls that we want to look good. We want to look perfect. We want people to see the social media version of us that we've taken 50 pictures on our phone. And then we chose the very best one to show this casual. Oh, I'm up here on this vacation when really there's so much more that happened, but that's what we're choosing to let people see. Yeah. So we start to learn how to not just take our own guard down and be real, but realize that other people need to do that. Yeah. And as we start to do that with each other, we realize it's not so scary out there. It's not so scary to be real. It's actually refreshing. It's very refreshing. <laughs> yes. So well, I hope you guys go through it. I, you know, I've, I had a ton of fun getting to come on here yeah. with you, Kevin. And yeah, before we break, I, I want to um, bring up the amputee event that we did with Bethany Hamilton's foundation, Be- mm. beautifully flawed, uh, beautifully flawed's amazing organizations our second time to go through it but this time we got to go to california we had a we had a blast yeah we had so much fun and we built real true community with those guys and girls they were amazing man they changed our lives man inspired us and and so if you know of anybody who if you're listening you know of anybody who is an amputee or has been burned um we are tasked matt and i with uh helping beautifully flawed be able to find more guys and more girls that uh, have been through some sort of struggle, uh, traumatic uh, injury to go and be a part of that retreat. It was a week long retreat. We were so blessed that they chose scarred for good curriculum um, to be the curriculum for the guys. I mean, it was, how amazing was it to spend five days with those guys just diving deep? Yeah. I mean, it was pretty incredible and it was so cool to see, to see it work. Yeah. To see that there were guys that the first couple days were like, closed off and yeah yeah i don't really talk about it and everyone does it their own way and okay cool that's okay and then we start getting into sessions and you start to see them open up a little bit open up a little bit and start to realize the value in processing their story yeah it was only the second time we'd gone through the scarred for good curriculum uh, you and i with a group and uh second day when kelly came up to me he had started filling out um some of the sessions and uh he was like man i can't believe it's day two it's already changed my life so much Wow. Like I, I, I broke down and started crying. I gave him a hug. I was like, dude, it's like, it's, that means so much, right? Like to know how much work and prayer and, and everything that we've put into the project to see, um, firsthand it, that it was changing someone's life on day two. So shout out to yeah. all those guys. That was a, that was a fun trip. Yeah, it was. We had a blast. Hopefully it's in Hawaii next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen, that's a wrap for today. Uh, be sure to check out the link below. We'll have a uh, link and information about Scarred for Good, discovering the goodness of God in your story. Matt and I are so excited to release this. Um, p- 
please, if you have any questions, reach out and uh, we would love to start a conversation with you about having this resource at your church. Youth pastors, pastors, please share this around. This is a resource that you are not going to want to miss. Trust us. Thank you.